Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Welcome to Mavericks Comic Roundup, episode 21, here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. I am your host, the Maverick, and I do thank you for tuning in on this Sunday morning, as we have a lot to talk about, and lots and lots of interesting things coming down in the world of comics. We've got a new six-shooter coming up at you today, and we're going to be talking about Marvel's newest endeavor onto the Netflix platform, Iron Fist. All that and a lot more, so let's jump right in with the news. Uh, Marvel Comics has announced a new Darth Vader ongoing series that'll be written by Charles Soule with art by Giuseppe Cumancole. The series picks up at the moment Revenge of the Sith ends and will tell the story of how Darth Vader got his infamous red-bladed lightsaber. I'm uh, not surprised that Marvel's going back to the Darth Vader well. It was one of their biggest-selling titles, period. Um, and definitely up there with Star Wars as uh, one of the top-selling comics that Marvel was going. It was consistently an excellent, excellent read, and they're doing a new series. This one, the first series was set between... Uh, A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. This one will be set between, of course, Revenge of the Sith, picking up moments after he yells, No! And how he deals with that particular tantrum and how he gets his red-bladed lightsaber. They're also going to talk about how he hunts down the rest of the Jedi, the Inquisitor program, and a whole lot more. So I'm excited. I enjoyed the first Darth Vader series greatly. And I'm looking forward to the new one. Disney XD has already renewed (laughs) Big Hero 6, the animated series, for a second season. Uh, Now, the show's first season hasn't even premiered yet. It's scheduled to premiere this fall. And uh, the big thing about it is most of the movie's original voice cast is set to return for the animated series. Big Hero 6, of course, was uh, loosely based on a Marvel comic series that nobody actually read. (laughs) <laughs> and they turned into a huge movie with a big following, and I'm really looking forward to Big Hero 6, the animated series. Hopefully there's a comic book tie-in or some kind of fun that, that brings it back to its roots. I think it's uh, a little insane that Marvel did not capitalize on the popularity of that movie and brought those characters back in some form or at least a movie-inspired version of it um, off in their kids' line, but we shall see. The Russo brothers, the team behind Captain America Winter Soldier, Civil War, and the currently shooting Avengers Infinity War, have announced that their next project 
is going to be a television series based on Valiant Entertainment's Quantum and Woody comic book. Uh, now, I loved the original Quantum and Woody comic. It came out in the 90s. It was an oddball pairing of two essentially step foster brothers, um, one extremely serious military. I was Quantum, a very serious uh, heroic type guy, and of course his slacker, goofy best friend Woody. They pushed a lot of boundaries in that book too as far as racial relationships and things that could be said and done in a comic book. And um, It was a really funny comic. It had a lot of great humorous moments. It also was a a uh, big, uh, uh, I don't want to call it social political because that uh, plays up too much, but it it had a conscience. It dealt with a lot of issues like race relations and things like that. And it also had a time traveling goat. So it was an awesome book. Uh, interesting to see that it was uh, Russo Brothers' next pick for a television series. I'm very excited about it, and we'll be following that story as it goes forward. A new Rocket and Groot web series is premiered last weekend on Disney XD. They're producing the series that follows the comic book duo. Uh, the shorts will debut occasionally, and then on April 10th, they'll be collected into one larger episode. Now, I'm not sure if this is based on the Rocket and Groot comic that was run through Marvel or if it's a standalone story. I know it's tied in. They got the voice actors from the current animated series for Guardians of the Galaxy to fill in that role. So I saw the first one. It was an interesting animation style, very different than the animated series. Um, very played up for humor, obviously, when you have a talking raccoon and a seven-foot zen-like tree. So more fun for you guys who can't get enough of Rocket and Groot. Wonder Woman's long time on-again, off-again boyfriend if we can call him that still. Steve Trevor will be getting a solo one-shot this June. Uh, it's going to be set firmly in the Rebirth 52 universe, and it's scheduled to hit stores to coincide with the release of the Wonder Woman movie this June. Now, I imagine we're going to get an onslaught of Wonder Woman projects coming up, tying into the movie. Uh, this is just the first one they announced, and it's really the first time that Steve Trevor ever had his own comic that I'm aware of. Uh, our... Um, press release didn't say anything about it. They made it sound like it was his first appearance as well. Uh, not sure if he's just going to get tied up in a safe for the entire issue, and you'll get his perspective from there why Wonder Woman comes to save him, or if he's actually going to do something functional. I guess we shall see. rather controversial decision was made this week. New York City Comic Con made the big announcement that they will not be selling weekend passes for their convention this year. Uh, the company behind it, uh, Reed Pop, uh, blames the reason on both renovations at the Javits, Javits, I don't know if that J is pronounceable or not, Javits Center, and, uh, of course, increasing attendance at the con. New York City Comic Con is, is starting to rival San Diego in terms of popularity, especially amongst comic book fans, because San Diego has become so blown up and so Hollywood that you they, you have to deal with uh, movie studios and video games and toy companies taking up a lot of the space and press, which makes it an epic, epic event. But the comics sometimes get buried in the hoopla of San Diego. Uh, very um, few comic stories burst out of there, whereas New York currently is still very focused on the comic book culture 
and uh, comics medium, I should say. So uh, with its growing popularity, they're uh, cutting out the weekend passes. So you have to buy each day individually if you plan on attending the whole thing, which I imagine is going to get quite pricey for some. So it'll be interesting to see the backlash on that, whether it will cause a big problem for them or if it's just going to be one of those things that fans deal with and, and are able to get around. Uh, definitely be checking out that story, especially as New York Comic Con is getting closer. And our final story today is a bit of an odd one, but that's the power of comics. Marvel Comics, have a big week of announcements, has announced a team-up with the hip-hop group The Black Eyed Peas. They're going to be producing a graphic novel called The Black Eyed Peas Presents Master of the Sun, The Zombie Chronicles. And from the write-up, the book is will star a hero written Zulu X who lives in the future and fights aliens and zombies. The book will be written by the Black Eyed Peas, who expressed an interest in telling stories in a very different way. They've been telling stories through their music for many, many years, and now they want to branch out into other genres. And uh, this July, they're going to have a graphic novel, and Marvel is publishing it. So music and comics have a long history together. Uh, we know Kiss has been very involved in comics for many, many years. Alice Coop been involved in a lot of different comics. So Black IP is the latest uh, to step into the world of comics. Not sure uh, about that one. The curiosity may get me to pick it up and skim through it. I don't know if I'll be doing a full-blown, but you know, sometimes these things surprise you and could turn out to be something very, very good. That is our news this week there, kitties. Um, like I said, not too much news in the world of comics, but some interesting things going on. So with that, we are going to prepare to take our first commercial break, if I can get this board to work properly. Seems like Sunday mornings, it's always sleepy. There it is. We're going to take our first commercial break, and when we return, we're going to chat about Iron Fist. Be back in 317. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detectives' quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from Holmes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza, $5 still takes you a long ways. 
But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause www.caseyscalls.com Looking for that perfect gift for your girlfriend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to teddyscares.com. And be sure to become our friends at facebook.com slash teddyscares. Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our store is voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our Wacky Stores page on Facebook. Howdy, partners. We're back with Maverick Comic Roundup here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. Uh, make sure you tune in all week long to all the great shows here on the Totally Driven Entertainment Network. A lot of fun ones, and we cover just about everything here in the world of entertainment. And this is Maverick's Comic Roundup, so we're going to be talking comic books. And specifically, we're going to be talking about a comic book-based television show that debuted this week on Netflix, and that is Marvel's Iron Fist. Iron Fist is the fourth show in the Defenders series. Uh, it seems to be a good way to term it. Um, four interconnected series that are going to spin into a big crossover event coming up uh, this year. First one was Daredevil, and then we had Jessica Jones, uh, second season of Daredevil uh, snuck in there because it was so popular. Luke Cage and now Iron Fist. And then the four titular heroes will be teaming up for Marvel's Defenders, uh, I believe, later this year, either in the summer or towards the end of the year. It's a little uh, foggy when exactly that's going to air. We haven't gotten an exact release date. We know it is in production. It should be wrapping production now as we speak. Um, Entertainment Weekly covered it and online of the show stars uh the netflix series is a bit grittier um definitely much more action-packed uh violence uh, personified and a few very graphic uh scenes so it's not really intended for younger viewers but i've really enjoyed the shows as a whole uh i really like this down and gritty universe when it was announced i knew for sure i'd be interested in the daredevil series and now going forward, I've had a chance to actually watch the entire 
Netflix 13 episodes of Iron Fist that run, and uh, I found it to be very interesting. Um, I believe it was very well done, although it moved incredibly slow for me at times. I think um, with a character like Iron Fist, um, and let's get into the character of Iron Fist before we get into the full review. Iron Fist is about Danny Rand. Um, Danny is a young uh, billionaire who had a plane crash uh, around the Himalayas with his family. His parents perished in the plane crash. And he was discovered by monks who reside in the secret dimension of Kunlun, who took him in and trained him, and he eventually became the immortal weapon Iron Fist, who has the power to harness the Iron Fist and protect Kunlun from the hand. And that was the basic premise of the show. Um, with something that martial arts-based, I expected a lot of, of action, a lot of really dynamic fight scenes, and didn't really get all that I think I was looking for in the series. Um, I think at times the uh, it was interesting, even though they were kind of an origin story and he was still trying to harness his powers, at times Iron Fist didn't come off as effective uh, a fighter as you would believe. At times he was incredibly skilled and beat up you know, seven, eight ninjas at a time, but then he'd have trouble fighting one thug in uh, – <laughs> who got the best of him at times. And even though he usually won the fights, it wasn't as fluid. I think they could have done some really awesome martial arts sequences. And there were some really good ones, but not as many as you thought. And I thought the the show was kind of all over the place at times with the different plot lines. One thing about the Netflix shows is they like to do a lot of twists and turns over 13 episodes uh, to keep your interest going for sure, to make you wonder what's going to happen next is a big part of it. And this one was the same type of situation, and you never really knew who the villain was, uh, the main villain through the whole thing. And there were a lot of twists and turns, and, and that I really enjoyed. I enjoyed trying to figure out what was coming next and seeing the story unfold. Um, I liked most of the characters. I thought Colleen Wing was the star of the show. Uh, she was awesome. I really didn't know much about her. Just like in uh, Luke Cage with Misty Knight, I had to go back and do a little research on them. And I think uh, the fact that the two of them together, even and they make a pair in the comics, I think you'll see them team up a lot in the Defender series because I believe they're both going to be a part of that. And you may see maybe possibly a spinoff with the two, which I think would be awesome, the Daughters of the Dragon. Lots of nods to Marvel Comics history and specifically nods to the other shows because this is the show that brings the four together before Defenders uh, and didn't overtly do it. You just knew they were all in the same world. You heard Rocks on Oil come in, which is part of the greater Marvel Comics universe or cinematic universe, I should say. Um, Hogarth. Um, Jerry Hogarth, the attorney character from Jessica Jones, returned, who originally was a supporting character in the Iron Fist comic, so no surprise there that she was back. Of course, we saw Claire Temple, who is uh, really the linchpin to all four shows. She's the biggest connecting factor, and I imagine they'll use her as a big part of the plot in The Defender. She might be even who brings the Defenders together, which I think would be awesome, because uh, she has been phenomenal in all of it. It's nice to see her stepping up her game. She did a lot of training in this one. Um, you know, she's not going to play the victim, especially with all these crazy things that keep happening in her life. 
So it was an interesting show. I enjoyed it, not nearly as much as I enjoyed some of the others. If I had to place it, it would probably be my least favorite of the four shows, but not because I didn't enjoy it. It just I enjoyed some of the other ones better. I think Daredevil, knowing it uh, and enjoying it as much, uh, being a long Daredevil fan would be my first. Luke Cage would be a close second because Luke Cage was just phenomenal. Jessica Jones was really, really good, and then Iron Fist. Again, I enjoyed it, but uh, I think they could have done a lot more with it. At times, the the corporate espionage plot that took front and center of a lot of the show uh, with Danny Rand trying to get his show back, or get his company back, rather, I think drugged down a lot of the potential action. And uh, as expected, the hand played a big role in it. There was a couple twists and turns with the hand. Uh, Madam Gao <laughs> returned from previous uh, Daredevil show. Uh, she was <laughs> amazingly evil as always. She's becoming one of my favorite Marvel villains. Uh, I don't even know if she's actually appeared in a comic book, but she was uh, instrumental in the plot in this one as well. So check it out if you're interested. Again, it's it's pretty graphic at times uh, in violence. Uh, a lot of blood, guts, and gore at times. Um, so be careful if you've got young kids who may be sensitive to such things. But otherwise, as far as it goes, not probably not nearly as graphic as some of the other Netflix um, Marvel shows, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, check out Iron Fist. Let me know what you think. I know it's been getting a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, honestly, a lot of the reviews I've seen are just hogwash um, in regards to uh, saying that the, there was a big controversy that they should have cast a, an Asian American in the Iron Fist role, which completely changes the core and idea of the character. Uh, so I didn't understand, and I don't think they understood the idea behind that. Um, and I've heard everything in between, a lot of weird criticisms, but most of it is uh, political driven and not story-driven. And I think that's a little ridiculous at times. And it's, you know, that's just my opinion. I think, you know, let the story be the story. And it was originally intended to be just that, uh, um, a, an American kid who falls into this land and, you know, I don't think it insults or takes away from any other culture. It's just a story. And I think people are being overly sensitive now and getting into a lot of the, you know, everything has to be, I mean, no jobs were taken away from a Chinese American in Iron Fist. It was originally intended to be, it's not like Shang-Chi is suddenly an Irish guy from, you know, Poughkeepsie. So, as far as that goes, I think a lot of the criticism thrown at the show was unfounded, and um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it my, my criticisms more along the line of pacing and, and action sequences, I think. They missed an opportunity for a lot of really awesome fight scenes and choreography, but I think the choreography, fight scenes, and, and things like Daredevil were much better. I uh, also didn't like that he didn't really come to any kind of uniform for the Iron Fist. Now, I knew going in that the green and yellow jammies with flip-flops that he tends to wear, um, which, of course, is being hypercritical of it, but uh, we're going to be tough to pull off on screen. There is an Iron Fist costume in a flashback sequence when they're watching some old footage. Uh, I don't know what they're going to plan going forward, especially in the Defenders, because now you have the situation where 
Jessica Jones is not going to wear a costume. Luke Cage obviously isn't going to wear a costume. Daredevil is going to be the only superhero in the Defenders in costume. And he's actually going to be a little silly looking at this point, unless some of the others step up and, and, and uniform up. Which I can understand some of the characters. Jessica Jones is a private detective. She's a failed superhero. And actually, they really didn't get into the superhero aspect of her career in the Jessica Jones series, Luke Cage. You know, you had that moment where he had the goofy outfit on, um, and that was more of a, a rib than anything. But uh, I think Iron Fist and some of these other characters getting a, a uniform um, would be really cool. How they'd pull it off, I'm not exactly sure, but they did a great job of the Daredevil costume. Uh, I'd like to see something it almost – it doesn't even have to be costumey. It doesn't have to be spandex for Iron Fist, but he's a martial artist, so maybe a dark green – martial arts-inspired outfit. Um, and since he's a billionaire running around using martial arts and a flaming laser fist, covering his head wouldn't be a bad idea either. So that's my review of Iron Fist. Uh, considered having a couple people on, but no one really has gotten through it all yet. Um, I was able to binge watch this weekend uh, uh, by happenstance. So... Uh, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, if you interested in yours, hit me up or leave me a comment, um, and we can continue the discussion further if you're so interested. So that's Iron Fist on Netflix. It's streaming now as well as the other Defender series, so you can check it out. And now it's time to go into our next segment. Six-shooter time here on Mavericks Comic Roundup. Uh, for those who may be tuning in for the first time, the six-shooter is six comics that I think you should check out this week. They come from anywhere all over the comics world, and it's not necessarily the six best comics published. It's just six things I read I think you might be interested in. Um, they caught my interest, and I wanted to share. So let's jump in. It was an interesting week picking six comics this week. Sometimes... It's easy. Sometimes I have 12 comics I have to narrow down. Sometimes I have to kind of go stretching for six. Uh, but it, it was a, an interesting week in comics. A lot of things, storylines are moving along. We're in the middle of a couple big storylines, so it's not a good jumping on point for some things. But uh, my first comic, Superman 19 from DC Comics. Uh, we covered Superman 18 uh, when it came out, I guess, about two weeks ago because that one's running bi-weekly. They're in the middle of the Superman rebirth storyline. Uh, and it's kind of setting up. I think one of the reasons I'm so interested in it is I believe it's setting up for the big event. There's there's a big event coming from DC. They haven't come right out and said what it is, but with books like Batman, The Flash, and Superman, and Titans all heading in a similar direction and dealing with the multiverse and the repercussions of the Rebirth story um, that came out, I guess, uh, about a year ago now. Uh, this one it was interesting. Last we saw what happened with Superman's son disappearing and Superman trying to save him. And this one, it turns out that Mixie's Pitlick was responsible. And that's not really a spoiler because it was kind of all over the place. And he uh, makes a bit of a challenge to Superman as usual. He's kind of frustrated that he's been forgotten about. Uh, you see a bit more menacing Mixie's Pitlick than you, you have in comics or how he's been mostly portrayed as the goofy imster who uh, Superman constantly has to – is more of a pain in the butt than anything. You see a bit of a threat uh, behind the 
the imp in this one, and uh, it was interesting to see. I, I kind of liked it because it, it gave some some weight, some gravitas to the villain who's been a side so joke for so long. And then a big surprising return at the end, which is going to definitely spark some some con- confusion, if not controversy. As they get ready now, you know, potentially there's a couple big, big plot threads that now are going to come together, and we're going to figure out who Superman's going to be going forward and how the New 52, the Rebirth, and the the classic Superman storylines all converge going forward, and I do believe it's going to lead into something much bigger. So Superman 19, DC Comics 299, if you're interested in that whole mystery of the rebirth and the potential involvement of the Watchmen, not a direct, but there's still Mr. Oz still plays a big role in it, and then he still hasn't been uh, revealed. So my next book, Star-Lord number four. I'm really enjoying the grounded storyline that they're doing throughout the Guardians titles. I'm enjoying the Star-Lord comic uh, because it's one of those – it's very true to the spirit of the movie Star-Lord where he's this this guy who just keeps getting himself into, you know, bad decision after bad decision, gets him into adventure after adventure. And an interesting backstory this time on uh, some of the new characters that introduced – and Peter Quill stuck on Earth, uh, bartending at a supervillain's bar, and it continually gets him into all sorts of issues and shenanigans. And I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I know it's a short-term story arc because they're getting ready for the big relaunch, but I, I like the twists and turns in this one. So check out Star Lord number four, three ninety-nine from DC Comics. My next book's a little pricey, but it was uh, something that came out this week that I was really happy to see back in bookstores, and it's JSA, The Golden Age Deluxe Hardcover. And uh, this is a one-shot that came out a long time ago. Uh, I'd like to say 20-some years ago maybe at this point. And it wasn't originally a JSA book. It it was called The Golden Age. It dealt with a lot of the Golden Age superheroes, and, and over the years they have adopted it into the JSA wheelhouse, um, not sure continuity-wise then or even now, considering things have been wiped, how canonical it would be. Um, but it's really an intriguing read. You get to see it's uh, set during the McCarthy era, the paranoid era of America, and you take these bright, shining heroes of the Golden Age and the World War era, World War II era, I should say, in right smack dab into the controversies and the the question marks of the McCarthy era, the paranoia, and um, there's a great, great plot twist involved. Uh, It's it's an intriguing, gripping read, a a bit of a mature read, even though it deals with men in spandex. Uh, And by mature read, I mean grown-up, not necessarily graphic or violent or anything along that line. Um, But I really enjoyed it, and uh, they've released this uh, deluxe hardcover version of the story now, new cover, and and different, I'm sure there's material inside, but uh, The Golden Age was an awesome, awesome book. I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad they're re-releasing it and giving it the deluxe hardcover treatment. And that's JSA, The Golden Age Deluxe Hardcover, and that's $34.99 from DC Comics. Like I said, a little bit steep, but uh, the story is definitely awesome, and I imagine the bonus material involved, even though I didn't get a chance to dig through it, uh, will definitely make up and uh, with a price tag on that. 
Moving down the line, Titans number nine from DC Comics this week. Uh, Bumblebee Baby! Uh, and that's what I wrote in my show notes. Bumblebee Baby. I'm a big fan of the Bumblebee character. I think she is truly one of the most underutilized characters in the DC universe, and I, and I really love the idea how they created her. Um, almost to be uh, a, a pastiche of uh, the Wasp when they cre- recreated her for the Titans cartoon, and that version of her is great idea. And uh, Bumblebee is one of those characters who, when they talk about, you know, there's not enough women in comics, there's not enough people of color in comics, I'm like, well, here's Bumblebee, then you're ignoring her and not using her. Don't replace, you know, yeah. don't replace Superman with a half Hispanic, half black teenage girl and, and wonder why people don't take to it. Take a character who's already established and, and put her in the prominence. And that's what they did here with Bumblebee, uh, the Fearsome Five and other classic Titans. Villain is back, claiming to have been reformed and are going to help Bumblebee with her powers. Uh, this thing about this book continues to be the team interaction. And that was the strongest thing about the Titans book under that made it famous, the Perez, Wolfman, Titans, was the characters and the, the relationships with them and how they overcome both personal and uh, outside situations. And you're seeing a lot of that here with this particular grouping of Titans. Uh, it's not full-on classic uh, Wolfman Perez era Teen Titans, but you still have Nightwing and Arsenal and uh, Aqualad and some of those Titans characters. You don't get a lot of the 80s era characters because they're in the other book, but I'd like to see them incorporated. But it was nice to see um, Bumblebee stepping up and taking prominence now, and you're filling out these characters nicely, taking the original classic Teen Titans and, and giving them a nice rub for... And they're doing a clever job of reinventing a lot of their villains too, so... Really cool. Uh, like to see how this Bumblebee storyline plays out, and hopefully going forward, she plays a big role in the comic and in DC and uh, going forward. And that's Titans number nine, two ninety nine from DC Comics. Next one's a bit of an off uh, Star Trek deviations from IDW Comics. Now, Devi- deviations is a, a, a brand from IDW that they like to do once a year or so, almost like an annual, I imagine. And what they do is they take your favorite comics. Uh, they actually they take pretty much all their comics. I know they've done Judge Dredd and My Little Pony, so it's, it's far-reaching. You go from just about everything they have, and they take a potential storyline, and they deviate off of it. And, and it's almost a what-if tale, which is always fun for fans, I think, to see what hap- would happen if. And this one is the Star Trek Next Generation story. And the, the deviation is what if the Romulans found Earth before the Klingons did, and uh, Earth is now under uh, Romulan rule. They've kind of taken over the planet, and it's really interesting to see their twist on many of the classic Next Generation characters. It's a lot of fun, and uh, if you're a Star Trek fan, you definitely want to jump in there and get this book. Uh, If you're a Star Trek Next Generation fan, definitely, definitely, definitely get out there and get it. Uh, It's a fun, and it's a one-shot, so you can read it and kind of be done and see where it is, um, whether they pick up on these threads in future storylines or do sequels, I'm not sure. But Star Trek Deviations from IDW Comic 499 and any of the Deviations line, really, if you're interested in that particular tale. Like I said, they seem to be doing, Dave, everybody on their line seems to get a Deviation either now or in the future, or they've already done a a series of these. Like I said, uh, Judge Dredd, My Little Pony, G.I. Joe have all had them. Uh, X-Files, so you get to see a lot of cool uh, left turns, as it were. And my last 
comic here on the six shooter this week is Batman 19 from DC Comics, uh, part four of I Am Bane. This one almost didn't make the list, but I was, like I said, I had trouble coming up with six of them. Uh, it had a really interesting concept, and uh, we're still in the middle of Bane uh, trying to hunt down Batman for what he did in the previous storyline. Like I said, I love that they're making Bane a complete and utter monster in this storyline. And this one, Batman actually has to call upon the villains of Arkham Asylum to, to help protect him, and he, he gets them to do it in a clever way. And uh, many of them step up and help. Of course, the villains, so there's always uh, some intrigue involved there. Uh, it's the kind of thing I'd like to have seen stretched out. It's kind of quick in places. They, they zip through because they're trying to get as many villains in as they can. They zip through a lot of the ones that are more interesting. And uh, Unfortunately, when you do this, and it's a problem I have in comics in general, you're making a monster of Bane at the sacrifice of most of the other rogues galleries, um, of Batman's rogue gallery, I should say, uh, which takes away from the other uh, villains and, and makes them less of a threat. Bane pretty much zips through them like butter, which is one of the reasons why I'd like to see that particular arc stretched out a little bit if you're going to do something like that. Give it uh, the weight it deserves because some of these villains are heavy hitters and to watch them match up with Bane could be interesting, but as it is, you get a panel or two um, in some cases, maybe a little more in a few instances, but this has been a fun storyline for, for making Bane a viable threat. You know, Batman's actually <laughs> a little bit worried um, more than a little bit as he tries to protect Gotham Girl from Bane's rage. He's got, you know, X amount of time to do it in order to help Gotham Girl. He's got Psycho Pirate uh, that he stole from Bane, and Psycho Pirate's helping Gotham Girl get her mind back. Is the gist of the storyline. He went to Bane's island on Santa Prisca and took her and embarrassed Bane, and now he's out looking for blood. And we're in part four of that storyline now. It's been really interesting to see a lot of twists and turns. A couple things that were, eh, we've seen that before, but I like what they're doing there with and the ilk. <laughs> the ilk? Is that the right word? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, Batman, 299 DC Comics. Check it out. All that and so many more comics online or not online, in your current comic stores now. You can read them online if you want, if you're into such things. But they're also available anywhere. Comic books are sold. Check out your local comic store. And that wraps up this week's Six Shooter. Now, all right. Now it's time. For Maverick's Comic Roundup secret message, all you members of Maverick's Posse. Remember, kids, only members of Maverick's Posse can decode the secret message. So get your pens out and get ready for this week's secret message. And I just turned off the page. See, I lost all my momentum there. This week's secret message is I-R-W-U-O-R-P-V. G S V D R M W Y F O O H V B V. There it is. This month, I should say, secret message. Send your decoded message to mav at mavericksroundup.com chance to win this month's prize. The code can also be found at mavericksroundup.com. 
You code the message, send it to me, and you'll be in the running for this month's Pop Vinyl Prize, which I believe we already said is Valkyrie as Thor, or not Valkyrie as Thor, Jane Foster Thor Pop, uh, exclusive from the Collector's Club, is the prize this month. So send it in, all eligible recipients will be in, and I'll pick a random winner, and you could win that prize. Send your pictures to Mavericks Comic Roundup. Send your original artwork, comic strips, or comic book doodles to mav at maverick'sroundup.com. And I will feature them on our Facebook page and on our slideshow for the episode. We've already started putting them in there. Cool way for your little artists to get their stuff featured here on the interwebs and on the show. I love watching the creativity that comes in. So send them in, send them in, send them in. And also, if you were following our Facebook account, you notice I posted a little while ago, uh, we're looking for your birthdays. We're starting another fun interactive feature here on the show. I think it's fun. I don't know if you guys think it's fun. I think it's fun. But it's time to send in your April birthdays. Message me your child's first name, age, and date of birth, and I will include them in our monthly birthday roundup. We're going to start this in April. It's going to be cool. We're going to read their names and birthdays and wish them, give them a happy birthday greeting on the air. We're also going to feature them on the Facebook page, uh, the website, mavericksroundup.com, and in the show slideshow of the very show that you'll be listening to. So another fun way to get your name up on the interwebs without any horrendous, horrible scandals. <laughs> so. For more information on my upcoming appearances, blog, and more, check out mavericksroundup.com. You can also follow me on social media on Instagram at Mavericks Roundup, on Facebook at Mavericks Comic Roundup, and on Snapchat at Mavs Roundup. You can also read my weekly comic book reviews for the Totally Driven Entertainment Network at totallydriventv.com. For more of my comic book reviews, please go to the Comic Universe Facebook page at Comic Universe. And you can also follow my kids and family Star Wars podcast, Galactic Clubhouse, that I host with my daughters coming soon. So totally driven. You can check out at, Club, at Galactic Clubhouse on Facebook and Instagram. And in the coming weeks, just a few weeks, I'm waiting to confirm when that will happen. We're going to have a special Galactic Clubhouse episode here of Mavericks Roundup where the girls will be joining me and we'll be unboxing a new Smuggler's Bounty box that's on its way. And we'll be talking about some upcoming Star Wars stuff. We've got a lot of great surprises for that. And a whole lot more. So keep tuning in. I thank you oh so very much for your support and for tuning in once again to Mavericks Comic Roundup. Uh, and so until we meet again, yeah, it looks like that's it. A little bit of a short show this week, but uh, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, so tune in next week. We're going to have some – actually, no, let me take that back. Oh, my. No show next week, folks. I will be out uh, out and about. I have a previous engagement. Um, actually, my daughter has a previous dance engagement, and I will be unavailable, so we'll be back in a few weeks. Uh, I will keep you posted on Facebook and on the website as to when we'll be back. I believe it's April 2nd is our next show. And uh, so we will talk to you then. So until we meet again, happy trails.